I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. Folks, these are, these are wolves. Truth be told, I, I oftentimes lay awake at night trying to figure out how I can get rid of wolves in the church. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Reformanda Radio, you know. We are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you when men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim from Semper Reformanda Radio, and I have with me today somebody who is new to our podcast. I think that a lot of people out there are going to know who he is, but we're trying to bring him on board with Semper Reformanda Radio. So let me go ahead and introduce him and then just ask him to uh, tell us a little bit about himself. With us, we have Joe Lanza. Did I say it? Is it Lanza or Lanza? Both is fine. Both is fine. All right. Well, uh, Joe is here with us, and um, he is an admin. You're an admin, right? Or are you a moderator for the Bible Thumping Wingnut Facebook group? Technically, I'm a moderator, but in essence, it's the same thing. I just can't delete Tim Hurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a. I think that's a, a no-no. That would be a, a mutiny. Well, anyways, uh, Joe is pretty active on the, the Facebook page, and so if you follow the Bible Thumping Wingnut group, then I think that you would already know who he is. He's been on he's been on Council of Google Plus before with those guys, and um, and so I think I think he's a pretty good fit because he's a Reformed Baptist uh, and he's Clarkian, and uh, so I think he's a he's a pretty good fit for our podcast. I'm trying to get him to come on with us. And this doesn't mean that we're, we're replacing any of the guys that we have on here. Uh, we're still uh, hanging with uh, Joseph when, when we get the opportunity and Carlos when we, when we get the opportunity. And uh, I think I'm recording with uh, Tim Kaufman tomorrow. Uh, man, that, that guy has some excellent, excellent content. Uh, we are just so grateful that he can, uh, that, he, that, he, that he's willing to put his material on our podcast. And, believe we're going to do a we're going to do a couple of more episodes with him on Roman Catholicism and then I think we're going to go into eschatology so that's going to be fun uh, that's I think that's going to be really really fun uh, Tim has probably influenced my eschatological views more than anybody else that I can think of so I'm very grateful to have him as a friend and just have him on the podcast but today I want to give Joe an opportunity to introduce himself, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from. Uh, I know that you're Reformed Baptist, but um, uh, where you fall uh, theologically. Uh, so let me give you an opportunity to say hello, Joe. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, hey, everybody out there that's listening. And um, just, I guess, a little bit about myself is uh, I'm from the Warren, Ohio area. Uh, Warren, Ohio is just a, a little bit south of Cleveland. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with the Ohio area, I was uh, born and raised there. Um, pretty much grew up uh, in a you know a, a lower middle class family, and I I you know I learned how to uh, how to love the Lord through my parents, and I I. I, I really I didn't become saved until I was about 15 years old. I um, I, I was Christian like um, from you know from birth, but um, it wasn't until I was about 15 that I actually uh, understood my sinfulness before God and and just the 
my pure inability to um to to live up to his standards without his son so uh about the time i was 16 i had left the church that we my parents and i were attending and shortly after they followed um i would even consider that church now uh to be cult-like um very much uh, leaning toward pelagianism works righteousness um softly uh king james onlyist even though they wouldn't flat out say that it's you only go with the king james that would kind of be uh the go-to bible for them though um and then i i ended up um meeting uh the woman that would become my wife um and uh i am a five-point calvinist and i do happen to hold to um a type of charismaticism i'm probably less charismatic than somebody like matt slick um, but definitely more charismatic than somebody like uh, jordan hall for example which isn't really saying much because he he'd consider himself uh nearly cage stage when it comes to cessationism so anyways um yeah i've been a calvinist for about three years or two or three years something like that and uh just i i uh haven't made a whole lot of people around me too happy with that but uh i think slowly but surely people are kind of understanding what i believe in, in a little bit better and uh specifically in my area i've i've i told them at uh, ohio fire last year not this past year but the one before I told them that that was the first time I had ever actually stepped foot into a church that wasn't Arminian. Um, I, I believe that that church was Calvinistic um, in their soteriology, and that would have been the first time I ever met another Calvinist in person. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, the church that you're attending is Arminian, or are they Calvinists? No, they are Arminian. So you wouldn't be able to lead anything in that church, right? I mean, oh no, I do. You do, and yeah, they—I I lead the evangelism team. Um, I I take them out, and we go out and talk to people in the parks, and uh, we've gone to uh, different like major events in, in the area, and I'll go out and open air preach. And, and so they they know that you're a Calvinist, and they let yeah. you lead evangelism. Well, that's good to know. Um, so your your parents left the church that they were going to before when you were a kid. What was the reason that they left that church? Um, for them, it was a number of reasons. Um, some of it was kind of church politics. Um, other portions were they, they were seeing, um, uh, I would say, a bit of corruption of power um, with the pastor involved and everything. Um, I, I've never, I don't, I don't like getting into it too much with talking to them about it because it's kind of a uh, hot button topic for them still. Um, they've been in and out of churches ever since. And it kind of, it kind of gets to them a little bit, I think, and how they, they understand church government is a little bit different than mine. So then we end up getting into those conversations. Um, my parents are not reformed, uh, I, I do believe both of them to be saved. They were saved in the mid 1980s or so. Um, but yeah, they, so that their views are a little bit different than mine. And, and as far as I understand that mainly um, some corruption issues were their problem. Um, I actually didn't even leave myself for uh, any theological reasons. I, I left because of uh, an accident that happened in the church and it, it caused the death of somebody. And I knew that my pastor would have uh, pretty much preached a sermon on how, uh, how we have to pretty much live better lives or the same thing will happen to us. And I, I just kind of, I kind of saw it coming and I just decided that day that I, I wasn't going to go back and I never, I've never gone back ever since. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that. I was, I was actually going to ask, if your parents go to the same church as you, but you you already answered that question, um, that's a uh, that's good, man. Um, well, I I'm glad to hear that you're Calvinist. Um, I know that we talked about a little bit about uh, where you stand theologically. So, you you said that you're 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 a Reformed Baptist uh, when we talked. 
what do you mean when, when you say that you're Reformed, and what do you mean when you say that you're Reformed Baptist? Well, specifically, I think the, the most Reformed thing about me um, would be my soteriology, being that I am a Calvinist. Um, I, as I study, I'm finding more that I, I hold closer to the 1689 London Baptist Confession, but, uh, considering I haven't put any deep study into the actual confession itself, I, I could hold to 50% or 90%. I'm not really sure exactly how much of it I agree with, um, I'm assuming based on the fact that the majority of the Reformed Baptist people that actually go to Reformed Baptist churches that I agree with largely everything that they believe in. You know, I obviously, like I said, I hold to the five points. Um, I hold a, a soft charismaticism, but I'm, I'm being told more and more as I articulate my position that I actually am a cessationist that, that just <laughs> doesn't realize that I'm a cessationist yet, which I'm not completely sure that that's the case. Um, as, as far as um, the Reformed ecclesiology, I would always prefer um, the, the Reformed position that there, you know, there be multiple elders, um, that the elders be the ones that, um, you know, kind of enact church discipline and, and so on. Um, actual Matthew 18 church discipline being uh, brought about in the church would be ideal. Um, uh, male leadership, um, so on and so forth. And, you know, just generally the, uh, the, the Reformed Baptist position, as far as I know, without uh, cessationism. Yeah, that's um, that's good, man. I've I've been told the same thing that I'm I'm really uh, I'm really a cessationist. Uh, I just need to go a little bit further in the scriptures. Carlos uh, and I probably disagree on on that a little bit because um, I'm leaning more one way and he's leaning uh, in the in the opposite way. Um, but uh, well, let's uh, we're we're glad to have you, man. Um, Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and play the commercials that we've got, and uh, we'll be back after that to get into what we're going to get into. All right, be right back. This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to the School of Biblical Hermeneutics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening, and welcome to the Conversations from the port. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Ten podcasts, one network. Check them out. BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At TrackedPlanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at TrackedPlanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's TRACTPlanet.com, coupon code BTWN. All right, we are back with Joe Lanza. Thank you, Joe, for taking the time to share all of that with us. So let's go ahead and do this. Um, we had decided that we were going to talk today about Bill Nye, the science guy, and we're specifically going to tackle one of the episodes in his new Netflix TV show, Bill Nye Saves the World. And um, 
if this, this is really the only episode from this that I've seen because I decided that I wanted to address it. And I'm not a fan of Bill Nye. I'm not a fan of the show. I think the show is pretty lame, uh, possibly even blasphemous because it's Christ who is our Savior. Um, so even even just the, the premise gets me a little bit annoyed. But I decided that I wanted to address this because I've seen a lot of the stuff from this episode popping up on Facebook. Um, there's a ho- horrendous awful dance number that that came out of this there's a a little segment on on ice cream flavors but it was about sexuality and it was about um, uh, gender being on a spectrum and so I'd asked Joe to uh, to jump on here with me and and so that way we could talk about it we could tackle it but Joe let me just get your first impressions uh, from watching the episode what did you think about what you saw Oh, it was it was rough. Um, I just think in general, like I I don't I almost want to go back and watch the old Bill Nye the Science Guy shows just to see if the nostalgia of it is what I remember, or if the actual quality of the show is what I remember. Because I remember those shows being pretty good; they were entertaining and and well done. But this was just just from a production value, it was terrible. From uh, reality um it was terrible from um you know what what's considered to be science terrible uh just all around was bad i think that the the script that they have is bad i think the topic that they have is bad i think their conclusions the way that they come to their conclusions all of it's just really bad and it's kind of rude and vulgar on top of it yeah, certainly they're trying to be edgy. They're trying to be um, provocative. I, I find it very irritating. We have a Netflix account, and um, I, I usually I usually watch stuff off of Amazon. We have an Amazon Prime disc, and with that comes Netflix. And um, man, after after going and, and looking at this, I've I've been thinking about um, I, I need to sit down and and go through it again because I've been thinking about canceling Netflix. And um, the the reason why is because you can't decide to censor any of the stuff that they're promoting on Netflix. And that bothers me because I have a a four-year-old who's now learning how to use the remote control. And so he can can go into – there's a, a kid's app and then there's an adult app. But sometimes he can go into the adult app and he can see things on there that I just do not want him seeing. Uh, even, even in just um, the, the promotion of certain shows, like, like one of them, I don't even know the name of it. I, I, my wife was telling me about it, but um, it's about uh, uh, the, the whole show's premise is about transgenderism. And uh, I think it's about a dad who becomes a mom or something like that. And it's pretty disgusting. And when, when I saw the, the Bill Nye, the Science Guy episode, I wanted to give him a one-star rating just, just to do it, just to give him a one-star rating. But unfortunately, I think uh, after Amy Schumer's flop of a comedy routine on Netflix, uh, if, if you're not familiar, it was a kind of a, a big deal for, for her. Amy Schumer had a... Um, a comedy skit on Netflix and uh, it got a one star rating. And so she complained and basically said that it was all the haters. And after this, Netflix uh, started to redo the way that they do their rating system. And uh, so I wasn't able to give Bill Nye's episode a, a one star rating. I wanted to give it, um, I wanted to give it that, but I basically rated it with a thumbs down. And it was, it was, I think, you know, you said it appropriately, Joe. It was, uh, it was pretty awful. But the, there, there are several main segments in it. One of them, as I said before, was a dance. We're not even going to tackle that. Uh, this, this dance was, it was awful. Uh, even even uh, mainstream secularists were criticizing it because it was just so poorly done. The, the talent was just non-existent. And uh, and it was crass and it was it was brutal. 
it was brutal to watch. But we were going to tackle two segments from this, and one of them was the uh, the ice cream segment. And I don't even know how much I want to. I'm probably going to play a little bit of this so that that way we can we can tackle what is being said. But let's go ahead and start off with that one. What do you say, Joe? Should we start off with that one or, or a different one? Yeah, start with that one. Okay. So I'm going to stop it very early. But this is a mockery of what I would consider to be um, – this, this is a mockery of Christianity. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and play that. Um, I'm going to stop it very early because there's just absolutely no need to play the whole thing. All right, hold on. Of course, enlightened and forward-thinking, but not everyone sees it this way. But there are lots of flavors to sexuality. Right, why are we here, Vanilla? Damn! Oh, this again? Come on! Chillax, <laughs> Strobs! Settle, everybody. Settle. Okay, so, um, what, what has happened, I'll, I'll describe it for our audience. What has happened is, uh, Vanilla has just put up a sign that says ice cream conversion therapy and everyone's saying, Oh, not this again. And, uh, in the, in, in the little, uh, video, there's different flavors of ice cream and this is supposed to be representative of sexuality. So there's different flavors of sexuality. There's different flavors of, uh, just, uh, just as there are different flavors of ice cream, that would be the analogy. And, uh, and vanilla who is representative of <laughs> the, the, the white male Christian, is uh, is wanting to uh, convert uh, convert everybody to vanilla. Uh, so that's that's what's going on right now. Now I've spoken to some of you about my theories on the nature of being ice cream, which have no basis in science. It's the science of feelings. And as vanilla, I feel that I am the most natural of the ice creams, and therefore the rest of you should just go ahead and also be vanilla. Oh. It's the one true flavor. No! <laughs> Don't make me stop being strawberry delicious! Oh, Christ. Look, no one can make you stop being strawberry, strawberry. You're strawberry! Hold me, salted caramel! I just think if you want to get right with the big ice cream in the sky, change your flavor by wishing to be vanilla. What if the big ice cream in the sky is chocolate? Blasphemy. Everyone should pretend to be vanilla until they no longer have the urge not to be vanilla. All right, so I, I believe he said, oh, Christ, and that was that was blasphemous and just makes me mad. Um, so that's all you need to know. That's, that's, that's it right there. Um, that's all we're going to play. The, the, the whole thing is garbage. It's, it's stupid. So right there... Van, uh, not, vanilla is, is wanting to, he says it's, uh, it's the science of feeling. And then he wants to get everybody else to bend to the re, bend, bend to his subjective reality. And then strawberry comes in and says, Oh no, like I'm, I'm strawberry or, or, um, you know, he, he doesn't want to change from being strawberry. So Joe, I, I want to point something out. I, I want to point out how stupid this is. Joe, what do you notice about strawberry? Um, well, I'm I'm thinking that st strawberry is the the homosexual of the group. That's oh, you're okay. That's fine. But what what do you notice about strawberry? What color? What, what is what is strawberry? Oh well, he's like pink or red. He he's strawberry. Yeah. He he's objectively strawberry. Oh, I see. This is, yeah. this is why. This is so stupid. They have to portray strawberry as objectively strawberry. And it's almost as if they're going to lose the argument if they don't do this. And it's very subtle that what they're doing. They're presenting the, the, the vanilla, the, the, the Christian position, as the one who is wanting to put his subjective feelings as, as that which is true for everybody else. That is not what Christianity is. That is not what Christianity does. Christianity has an objective standard of truth. And what's, what's so funny is that what, what Vanilla Ice Cream is doing in this skit is what the LGBTQ community is doing. 
It is not what Christians are doing. The LGBTQ community, their agenda, is they feel, it's the science of feeling. They feel like, you know, this, this guy feels like he's a girl. Um, you're not. If, if you're a male, if you're biologically a male, you're biologically a male. But he feels like he's a girl. Well, then what they're trying to do is they're trying to get everybody else around them to bend to their subjective impression of reality. And so what they're doing is it, it's, it's amazing that they're actually doing this. That I mean, and, and you have to think about the, the level of, of intellectual engagement with, with, with the audience because they're not picking up on this. They're, they're not realizing, wait a minute, why is Strawberry actually represented as Strawberry? If, if you watch the video, it is objectively Strawberry on the outside, not on the inside, on the outside. And so... Apparently, it's the it's the vanilla guy, the, the the Christian, who is wanting to reject that. Okay, well, objectively on the outside, yeah, you are strawberry, and and I guess he wants to make them uh, vanilla. But the Christian position is is this: that, that basically, what are you objectively? Are you a man, or you are are you, did God make you a man, or did God make you a woman? And it's the Christian position that that basically says objectively if you're if you're male then you're male and i thought that that was really interesting i thought that you know they and really this this kind of this goes to show how they're they're forced to steal from the from the christian worldview in order to reject the christian worldview because they have to acknowledge that that truth is objective and they have to they have to present that in the show if they if they presented a character who's running around saying that he's strawberry, but objectively speaking, he looks like he's a um, pistachio. Then e even a child would, would look at that and say, well, I don't understand. That's, you know, why is he saying he's strawberry? Because that's not, that's not what strawberry is. And so in order to, in order to do this, they had to represent things as they actually are and then, and then twist it. And, um, you know, you know, I wrote something out for this, uh, just a little, a little, uh, something that I wanted to read. Um, let me pull it up. Uh, the opponents of Christianity must stand on the Christian worldview in order to denounce it. They must assume its legitimacy in order to declare it illegitimate. They must assume its truth in order to declare it false. And we see that, you know, the Christian worldview purports that truth is objective, that it doesn't really matter what you feel. If you feel that you can fly, well, that doesn't really mean that you can fly. Yeah, I think that if they were being consistent, then Pistachio would have shown up and said, uh, I was assigned Pistachio when I was scooped, and actually I'm chocolate. I'm, I'm actually chocolate. <laughs> I was just assigned Pistachio. Uh, so the, you know, the the ice cream maker just, you know, got it wrong. That's, that's what he did. But they weren't able to do that because at that point, I think that everybody would recognize how foolish this really is, how stupid this really is. And so it's better to just mock Christianity and mock the, the Christian position. And, uh, and there was a reference to the, uh, the ice cream in the sky or something like that. And so, you know, obviously when you're mocking the Christian position, you're just not, you're not even engaging your mind intellectually. There's, there's just no intellectual engagement and they're, they're pushing this onto the culture and it's, it's completely irrational. It's stupid. And it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I think that it, it really, it comes down to whether or not those people are, actually thinking for themselves are they are they being sheep or are they actually willing to think for themselves and look at it in a way that could be considered objective so if they're not even going to see the the blatant contradiction in their their little cartoon that they made uh they i don't think that they they were looking for consistency i think like you just said i think it was just to mock the Christianity. I don't think it was any coincidence that 
people consider vanilla to be boring and that the the Christian is the the boring one. I also don't think it's any coincidence that amongst all of the social justice warrior fandom that that show is going to have that vanilla being the white ice cream is the white ice cream and, and is kind of the the cliche well Christians are just white people that are trying to oppress you know the the my the minorities of the world yeah and basically the the whole uh, the, the whole thing is a false analogy um, perhaps maybe uh, this would have been better suited for racial uh, segments, you know, on race, because there are, and, and I know that, you know, we're all one race. Uh, you know, I, I agree with what Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis has to say about that. But, um, you know, with, with different skin tones, uh, you have, you know, darker skin tones, lighter skin tones, you have, uh, um, you know, people, different people groups from different places that have different uh, features. And so maybe, maybe it would have been better suited for something like that, or the the it might have worked a little bit better for that. But um, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to say about that? Um, not really. I, I think that it kind of speaks for itself and its its silliness. I mean, to an extent, I think that it they they're obviously being uh, satirical and they're they're even purposefully uh, caricaturing the the Christian worldview and all of the. You know, all it's the the big ice cream in the sky, and uh, it's the science of feelings. Even though I've never heard anybody use the term uh, science of feeling, just it doesn't exist. Yeah, I've never heard that either. All right, so let's go ahead and play the other one. Um, this one is pretty bad, and and I think I'm just going to go ahead and play the whole thing. One thing's clear about sexuality. There's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Female or male, gay or straight, pink or blue, we were taught to see these as binary. Now we're realizing it's more like a kaleidoscope. And this stuff isn't just for adults. Parents know this already. Kids explore gender, expression, attraction before they've ever heard of a spectrum. Take sex. We used to think it was pretty straightforward. X and a Y chromosome for males, two X's for females. But we see more combinations than that in real life. And even for people with just two sex chromosomes, hormones can vary wildly. So can anatomy. What makes someone male or female isn't so clear cut. How about attraction? Some people argue the natural thing is to only be attracted to the opposite sex. But in practice, it ain't so simple, kids. Some people are gay, some are bi, some are asexual, and some will take whatever they can get. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's another sexy sliding scale. When you throw in gender, it gets even more colorful. By three or four, most kids identify with a gender, and it doesn't always match the sex they were assigned at birth. And a person's gender identity may change over their lifetime. And culture is getting us new ways to express all of this. How you dress, how you act and talk, how you present yourself to the world. It should be up to you. Sure, this might make things confusing for those who insist everyone pick an M or an F. But people, we have to listen to the science. And the science says we're all on a spectrum. Our labels, our fashion, even our washrooms are still catching up to that truth. I think you'll find when we look at sexuality this way, it is more complicated, but it's also a lot more honest. And it's more interesting. I learned a lot tonight. I mean, I'm this cis male guy who's been living in this world. But this stuff, to me, from a scientific standpoint, is just cool. Science is the process by which we understand nature, by which we understand our place in the world, how we all fit in. And so every one of these insights is just so exciting for me. We, working together, can dare I say it, save the world. So everybody, that's our show. All right, that was, that was it. That was garbage. I don't even think Bill Nye is cool anymore. Joe, first impressions, man. I, 
I, this this frustrates me a lot. It it really does. He he, I mean, kind of to describe for the people that can't see the video, he has four like mannequins kind of set up in in the room, and they're all like um, projected images on them and everything. And it it's just not. I don't know. Like I like I was saying before, it's not good production quality. Bill Nye, he's clearly either reading from a script or just has lines memorized, and and then the the just the worldview that's being put out it, it can't be held to consistently, and it, it's it's actually rather like to me this would be confusing if I was trying to actually learn um, what science taught about this. I I don't think I actually would know other than where they stand on it. Like, obviously I can tell where they're, where they end up and how they conclude, but I don't know how they get to the, get to the conclusion that they get to. Well, they, they've already arrived at the conclusion that they're at. So let's break this down. You, you typed up the, uh, you transcribed what was said. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. One thing's clear about sexuality, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Female or male, gay or straight, pink or blue. We were taught to see these things as binary. <laughs> yeah, we were taught that in uh, Bill Nye, the science guy's original uh, TV show back in the 90s. And uh, Netflix actually had to pull that from Netflix because uh, people were, were showing the inconsistency. Um, but I just think that's... What was the original show? Uh, Bill Nye, Bill Nye the Science Guy, right? Yeah, that was what it was called. Yeah, yeah. but th this is just—it's—it's it's rather silly that he even mentions because he says male or female, and obviously that's the binary they don't want to deal with. Gay or straight, they also don't want to deal with that. But then they go with pink or blue, and that's what—that's uh, what one of the inconsistencies is—is is because the the pink and blue um, th that those two divisions for, you know, pink being for girls and blue being for boys. That's not, that's just an arbitrary standard. A boy can like something pink and it not be a girly thing and vice versa. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, let me, uh, let me continue reading. It says now we're realizing it's more of a kaleidoscope and this stuff isn't just for adults. Parents know this already. Kids explore gender expression attraction before they've ever heard of a spectrum. Take sex. We used to think it was pretty straightforward. X and a Y chromosome for males, two Xs for females. And, and that's actually what I think that he put that in there because that's actually what he used to teach on, uh, on his uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy's TV show. And he says, but we see more combinations than that in real life. And even for people with just two sex chromosomes, hormones can vary wildly. Now, this is this is uh, very misleading because uh, the example that he gives is uh, in the in the episode. If you can remind me, it was of an animal, right? Um, he didn't he didn't give a human example. I I, I don't. Oh yeah, he did uh, the clownfish. The clownfish. That's what it was. Yeah, and so his example of the more combinations is of a fish. It's not of a human. And this is deceptive. And man, I can't even put into words how, how bad this is. So he gives no examples of, of all the different combinations of uh, X and Y, Y. I mean, I, I would love to see the evidence. He gives no evidence. He, he, he doesn't demonstrate it scientifically. There, there's no scientific experimentation that's done to, to prove these things or to illustrate these things. But the example that he gives is, is of a fish. And it just it, it's, it's such a gross error that I think you would literally just have to shut your brain off to not catch it. You know, he, he's wanting to talk about human sexuality, and the basis for his argument is a fish. So that's that's pretty bad. Um, let me see. Uh, okay, so he says, we see more combinations than that in real life. Uh, the combinations are, are not, uh, were, were never given in, uh, uh, th there were no, uh, there were no human examples of this, so... 
whatever and uh hormones can vary wildly sure um you know i i can i can see that but uh he says so can anatomy what makes someone male or female isn't so clear-cut yet yeah, is how about attraction okay so this this is where i really want to get into this he says how about attraction some people argue the natural thing is to only be attracted to opposite sex but in practice it ain't so simple kids some people are gay, some people are bi, some are asexual, and some will take whatever they can get. All right, so what about the, and I'm going to bring this up because I'm, I'm basically imploring the use of an ad hominem reply, which is I'm, I'm basically accepting his, his propositions as true for the sake of argument so that I can deduce from them uh, either positions that he would reject or contradictory propositions. Um, so I'm going to accept this as true for the sake of argument, but what about pedophilia? What about those those people that are are pedophiles? I mean, they're they're on the they're on the spectrum. They they would be on the spectrum. You know, he says um, attraction isn't so simple. What about those people that are attracted to kids? Yeah, and I, I, it's not just that either. I mean, if you're attracted to, you know, your own sibling, or you're attracted to your your family pet. I mean, we can and. And this isn't the slippery slope fallacy either. I mean, people want to try to label it as just being the slippery slope fallacy, but the reason it's not is because it's the logical outpouring of this. Man, I, I love it when people try to name fallacies and they have no idea what they're talking about. I've heard that too. And basically what we're doing is we're, we're reducing this to its, its logical conclusion. And we're not the ones who are making the fallacy here, but the the problem is is that okay you want to say that that the kid issue is, is they're probably going to say that the kid issue is morally wrong because you're you're hurting an individual right well why is it wrong to hurt somebody else in your worldview why and and you bring up some other good examples what about uh uh incest what about a, a person who wants to marry their mom or something like that or a dad who wants to marry his daughter or a dad who wants to marry his son? I mean, this can just go on for days. What about all of these examples? And if they are on the spectrum, which which spectrum. I think I lost you. Yeah, I have no idea what happened, man. I'm sorry about that. So, um, all right, so... I was in the middle of saying something and my internet kicked off. I don't know why, um, but uh, it took a few minutes to to get back online. And uh, I forgot where I was at. I forgot what I was saying. So we're just gonna move on with the next uh, the next point. And what's funny is I'll probably I'm gonna have to edit out the the dead space in, in this. So um, I mean it's gonna be. Once I play back the recording, I'm going to be, you know, able to figure out what I was talking about and wish that I had continued. But um, where you were? What was it? What was it? You were talking about whether or not it's. Uh, we're kind of going down whether it was a slippery slope fallacy to talk about it going into pedophilia and uh, incest and. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that they would have to implore an arbitrary standard um, to, uh, to to say that one that one thing on the spectrum is wrong, and to say that another thing on the spectrum is is morally acceptable. And so, why would why would uh, you know? I guess the premise is you know that we should accept everything that's on the spectrum. Um, but why would we, who, who decides what on the spectrum is, is, uh, is acceptable, morally acceptable and morally good for society. And, um, I, I actually reject the idea, the premise that, uh, sexuality is on a spectrum. I think that God makes you male or female and, uh, that this is revealed in scripture from the beginning. God made them male and female. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and continue reading, um, let me see. Where were we? Um, so I'll, I'll start reading from here. I, I've already read this part, but I'll read it again. What makes someone male or female isn't so clear cut. How about attraction? Some people argue the natural thing is to only be attracted to opposite sex. But in practice, it isn't so simple, kids. 
some people are gay, some people are bi, some are asexual, and some will take whatever they can get, if you know what I mean. It's another sexy sliding scale. When you throw in gender, it gets even more colorful. By three or four, most kids identify with a gender, and it doesn't always match the sex they are assigned at birth. Uh, and a person's gender identity may change over their lifetime. And culture is getting us new ways to express all of this, how you dress, how you act and talk, how you present yourself to the world should be up to you. Sure, this might make things confusing for those who insist everyone pick an M or an F, but people, we have to listen to the science. And the science says we're all in a spectrum. So I'll stop right there because I want to address a couple of things. Um, I think the, the first thing that I want to address is probably the last thing that I, I read right there that science says. Um, and science doesn't say anything. Scientists say something. And I would like to know what scientists actually say, what real scientists actually say. And even then, even if there's a majority of scientists who would say this, that doesn't really even matter because science is, science is not a consensus of the majority. And if you, if you even know a little bit about the, the history of science, oftentimes it's the, one, it's the one voice in the wilderness who goes against the grain that is oftentimes uh, the one who uh, is later deemed as the one who is right. In the, in the scientific world. But the whole premise is basically that science has settled the issue. You know, he doesn't say that science has confirmed it, but uh, he says, uh, science says we're all on a spectrum. And I think at another point in, uh, in the episode, he says the science is settled. So what do you take that to mean when, when Bill Nye says the science is settled, uh, science says this as though science has reached a conclusion about this. I take that to mean that science has confirmed that these hypotheses, hypotheses are, are accurate. The hypothesis being that, that uh, gender is on a spectrum. And um, I, I take it to mean that, that somehow Bill Nye or the scientific community has, has confirmed uh, this hypothesis. Uh, you think I'm seeing it right there, Joe, or, or am I missing oh, yeah. something? I mean, it's the same thing with Bill and I and his, his climate change stuff. It, it, the science is settled for him on this, and what he means by that is that uh, it's confirmed or it's, it's verified that this is actually the case. And you and I know as, as Clarkians that it's simply impossible to actually verify something using the scientific method and i'm not even sure that that's really what he's claiming because of the, the way that i go i i've seen him go about um talking about what science does he talks about it in a very very much like a consensus where if if enough scientists get on board with this therefore that's the science that's settled and I think that that's where the issue is with him. But if if what he was talking about is that the hypothesi the hypotheses um, actually uh, given by these scientists that he fails to name, um, if that hypothesis is uh, you know is P and then then Q, and I think what he's doing is He's saying, well, Q is the case, therefore P, which we both know is asserting or affirming the consequent. Well, so, so let's, let's work this out. So the hypothesis is that, uh, that gender is on a spectrum, right? And so uh, if gender is on a spectrum, then we will see this in nature or we'll, we'll see uh, different gender expressions in people. We do see different gender expressions uh, in people, therefore... Uh, the hypothesis is confirmed. The science is settled that um, that gender is is on a spectrum. When in reality, that's not true at all. God has made people male and female, and due to the consequences of sin and the fall, people have perverted what God has has created. And so, 
I think you said it right as, as Clarkians, we would just, I, I would, I would like to challenge the people. What is the science? How is science settled on this? What is the science behind it? What is the evidence behind it? How many scientific experiments uh, have you conducted to, to verify the results? How are you avoiding the fallacy of asserting the consequence by, uh, if I, I presume that they're using the scientific method, a lot of people don't realize that the scientific method can really only be used to falsify a hypothesis or a theory. Uh, the scientific method cannot be used to verify a hypothesis or theory. And so I think you also said it right that he usually appeals to a majority of opinion uh, within uh, the scientific community like he does with uh, with climate change. Um, but even then, he's not cited any any other scientists. He's not uh, cited any uh, peer-reviewed scientific uh, works on this. It's thus saith Bill Nye, the quote-unquote science guy, that the science is settled. And there, where's the evidence? Where's are are we just supposed to take his word at it? This is this is dogmatism. That's that's what this amounts to. And it's dogmatism that stems from a false premise, that stems from a, a false axiom, axiomatic starting point, a false worldview. And so th there's no reason that the Christian should be concerned about, about this when, when they hear things like the science has settled this. Because a lot of times people use the word science as, a, as sort of an authority. And that's what he's doing. It's, it's an appeal to authority. Science is seen as the final arbiter of truth within our culture. And because of that, you throw out the word science, well, science says this, and people think that you're intelligent. People think that you're actually saying something worth listening to. And unfortunately, this is the worst type of scientific propaganda that could be pushed on a culture. Right, and a few things that he says in this this quick little thing that you read here uh for instance the sentence that says quote sure this might make things confusing for those who insist everyone pick an m or an f end quote now that right there begs the question and the reason why is because he starts off or i'm sorry he ends that that sentence by assuming that his that his premises are already true, and and the reason I say that is one single word. He he uses the word pick, that you can pick M or F, but that that's that's what he's trying to prove here. That's he's trying to show us that we can pick our gender, we can pick M or F, and so what he's saying here is that. It, it's confusing for those of us who insist everyone pick. We're not insisting everyone pick. We're insisting no one can pick. That's a good point. Yeah. And uh, there was, there was another segment uh, where he had a uh, three panelists on and um, I, I thought I was watching the view when this segment came on because it was just pure nonsense there was a uh, a man on there and he was talking about uh his his um his son being mislabeled by somebody they they referenced his son as a she and then the person became a very apologetic and said said, said something to the effect of oh i'm sorry i didn't know i didn't realize he was he, uh he was a boy and the guy stepped back and he says well i don't know that he is a boy or said something to that effect and that, I think, is tantamount to child abuse. You've got to be an idiot if you're a parent and you don't know if your boy is a boy, or if you don't know if if uh, your your little if your daughter is a girl. You have to be an idiot if you're a parent and you can't help your child with that. And what they do, I think, is a lot of these people who've embraced this this worldview is that they instill confusion into their child at an early age. And, and obviously if this, if this man is, is saying, well, he doesn't know if his son is a boy, he's instilling confusion into his child. And unfortunately that's going to wreak havoc on, on the child 
as, as they grow up. Because, I mean, I remember um, having a, a conversation with my, my kid when he was like three and he was learning how to talk and we were talking about, you know, boys and girls. And, and he was like, well, is cousin so-and-so a boy or a girl? And I said, cousin so-and-so is a boy. Well, is uncle so-and-so, is, is, is he a boy or is he a girl? And I said, no, uh, he's a boy. I said, all dads are boys, all mommies are girls. And, uh, and he, he's like, well, what about, uh, you know, our, my, my daughter, he says, uh, is she a girl or a boy? And I said, no, she's a girl. And then we moved into our dogs. Is uh, my dogs, uh, Autumn and Marley, so he's like, is, is Autumn a girl or is, is Autumn a boy? And I said, Autumn's a girl. And then we moved into the fish. But, you know, you, you, you lead your kids through that at the time when they're, when they're learning about, you know, every family has a mommy and a daddy, biologically speaking. And I, I know that there's people out there who want to say something completely different. But, you know, every person has a mommy and a daddy, biologically speaking. And you lead them through that. It's like, okay, these shoes, these are mommy's shoes. These are, these are girl's shoes. Those are dad's shoes. You know, when they start trying to walk in, in the parent's shoes, you lead them through that. You, you instill truth in the child. You don't, you don't bring about confusion into the child's thinking. And, and it, it, what's so stupid is I think that there's like over 50 different genders. I don't know. I, I, so I learned from Bill Nye's show that there's binary or non-binary. I, I don't even know what that means. The average person on the street, they don't even know what that means. What what are these other genders? There's uh, there's pans something pansgender. There's um, it, it's just so unbelievably stupid, and no wonder people are confused. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confused by it because, like you said, you know we don't we don't assign these things. These things are are objectively just like the ice cream. The ice cream was was objectively it was strawberry. Well, um, we're not going to deny that a, that a person like Bruce Jenner is objectively male, and he's mutilated his body, and he's trying to pretend to be something that's different, and that's the science of feelings. And I'm not obligated to give intellectual assent to that absurdity, and I'm not going to. Yeah, I think that. I mean, really, it's. I, I think it was um, Mark Dice. He's a, like a a YouTube commentator, he kind of reviewed this this whole uh, skit with uh, the ice cream, and he he reviewed something. I think he might have even reviewed this segment. I'm not sure. But he mentioned how this show, being kind of the, the sequel in a way to the Bill Nye the Science Guy show, despite the fact that this isn't really marketed, I think, by Netflix to kids, it is something that kids may want to watch because maybe, you know, people my age are having kids now and we grew up with Bill Nye the Science Guy. So maybe we've shown our kids Bill Nye the Science Guy and now they see Bill Nye on, on Netflix and they go, oh, let's watch this show. And maybe maybe they even thought it was the Bill Nye the Science Guy show now they sit there and they watch this this show where like you said you had the the disgusting dance number and you have this ice cream cartoon and you have um this segment here with the mannequins and you just you're you're getting more and more what you described as child abuse the to me that those this is bill nye abusing other people's children by teaching them this. And it's not just, um, it's not just like, Oh, he's teaching them something. I don't want them to learn. No, this, these are things that could actually be dangerous to them, not just spiritually, but just actually in this world, physically dangerous. I, you know, all, all the, the, I, the things that we hear about the suicide rates amongst this community and the things that we hear, um, about kids, like you see all the, the videos and stuff of, of parents videotaping their kids as their kids come out as a different gender other than the one that they're already a, a part of. You don't think that those kids came up with that idea on their own, that they could do that. I mean, how many times have you heard 
you know, a little girl say, I'd rather be a boy because she sees her brothers or her friends running around outside in the dirt. And she thinks that that's something that only boys can do. And then the parent takes that and runs with it. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Or, or, you know, she just wants to go out and play in the mud with them, but she has a dress on. So she's saying, well, I wish that I was a boy so that I could go do that because mom, you know, because I have a dress on. Look, this is, this is nothing less than abuse, abuse of a child. And I, I really wish that these people would repent and come to come to know the gospel and come to believe in, in Jesus Christ. Um, th- I think, you know, Joe, this, this really bugs me because it, you're dealing with kids. You're, and I think that they realize that, it, you know, if they win the next generation, which I think that they are culturally speaking, winning, winning over the next generation uh, to this ideology that if you win the next generation, then you've, you've won the, the, the cultural battle. And that's why these things are are put in a way that is appealing to kids, like you said. And it gets me really upset because, you know, I I just I have a heart for kids. I have a heart for for little ones that they that they would come to know the truth, that they would uh, come to know Christ. And man, it's just it's it's sad to see what some parents are doing to their kids. It really, really is. Um, so. I, you know, I don't even want to finish reading the rest of this garbage. Um, I know that there's a couple of more sentences, but uh, let me just ask you, is there anything else that you would want to address with uh, with this topic? Well, I think most importantly, I think maybe even, I, I mean, obviously I, I would say chances are Bill Nye is never going to watch this, um, but I would I would offer something directly to him that I think that he needs to start providing actual uh, factual information, like actually give us the studies, show us, um, you know, these different, these different uh, names that are these ones that are listed among the scientists that know. Um, And then I would also say that uh, for him, that, really ultimately I'm, I'm not going to be able to convince him. Um, I haven't really made too many counter arguments. I could, there's a, there's a ton of co- counter arguments that I could make here, but really none of them are really that important unless he and the people that, that would otherwise listen to him repent. They, they need to repent. No, no point in the Bible does it tell us that somehow um, a spiritual argument's going to convince someone prior to their their conversion. They need to repent. They need to come to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. You know that we we even see these things. These are this is this is an attempt of Bill Nye to raise his his um his morality higher. He believes that this is the the moral thing to do. This is this is acting altruistically on his part, and yet, even if that's the case, even if that's that's his intention, you know, if he were to present that before God, despite the fact that he's wrong on on this actually being a moral good, he could still try to present his intentions, and I think that's really what he's doing. He wants his his intentions to be seen as something good. And I know that he's not specifically saying that he's trying to work his way to heaven or anything like that, but that's ultimately what we all do. We, Andrew Rappaport says it best. I think that um, Christianity is the only religion in the world that uh, is not works-based. And that includes Bill Nye's atheism. Atheism is very much a works-based religion. It's very much a faith and, that faith also comes with works. You have to, you have to believe in the science and you have to have these works. But I I would like to tell Bill Nye that you do not have to work for your salvation, Mr. Nye. I believe that uh, you know the God of the Bible. And I believe that you're in rebellion 
against him and that I call you to repent and come to know the actual Jesus, the actual person who was that perfect example of altruism and morality. And I think that's most important in all of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we would want to let all of our listeners know that the the only reason that we would say these things is because we love the truth and we love our God and we want to be faithful to him. But out of that comes a heart to reach people for the truth and to reach people for for Christ. And so um, with that, we're going to go ahead and end today's episode. I want to say thank you to Joe for coming on uh, with me today to talk about this nonsense. I know that it was uh, it was painful having to to sit through uh, watching that Joe watching the the whole episode, but um, I'm grateful that you did so that that way you could give us your perspective on it. And um, I want to remind everybody that you can reach us at semper.reformanda.radio at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners, especially when uh, when hearing that, that people listen to us from uh, different countries. I think that's pretty neat. But anyways, I uh, hope you have a blessed week, and we will check you next time. God bless. What could I have done could never save My debt too great for deeds to pay But God, my Savior, made a way Hallelujah for the cross in my life was bound, but all my chains fell to the ground when Jesus' blood came flowing down.